Well, before I say anything else, I got to do something real quick. I want these young men right here. Come here. Come here right here. You bless me watching you worship. And I want to say something to you. God, God's got a plan for your life. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be an awesome experience that you've ever had. I mean, it's going to be beyond what you could ever even dream or think. Now, listen. The devil's going to try to come pull you out of God's will. He is. He's going to try to say, no, this is not worth it. It's not worth Church is not worth it. This is not worth it. But I want to tell you, he's a liar, and God is the truth. And so I want you to hang on to Jesus. Hang on to your church family because you're going to be raised up to do something that only you can do. And what's your name? Mari. God's got a plan, and I can't wait. I want to live long enough to see what it is. Father, I thank you for Mari. Lord, I lay my hands on him. Lord, I speak a blessing over his life. You've got a plan and a purpose. And Lord, I pray that it'll be fulfilled. We bind the enemy. He'll try to steal and kill and destroy that purpose. But Lord, I declare it will not work. He's going to be raised up to be what you've called him to be for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, man. Now then, let me ask a question. Or you can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Who here does not know who I am? Go ahead and no offense taken, okay? My name is Sonny Knatzer. Go by Pastor Sonny. I pastored a church for 30 years in Duncanville. I've been connected to Church on the Rock since it started back in 1980 with Larry Lee at Church of the Rock in Rockwell. Matter of fact, we were connected to Texarkana uh, even before Church on the Rock got started. I was at Beverly Hills Baptist Church where my father pastored in Dallas. Larry Lee was my youth pastor, and we used to make trips to Texarkana to come see Pastor Lawrence Kennedy Buster back then. And uh, even that little white building, down the road before the big building came. We've been connected to this congregation for that long. It's a long time. Pastor John and I have been friends, and Linnell, we've been friends for a long time, and we're grateful to be a part of what God is doing in this place. Oh, I'm glad to see what God did in this building. I walked through the doors when I visited several months ago, and I just walked in and said, wow, man, I was just amazed because I saw the building before. And I was amazed at what uh, the Lord has done, what the Lord did through each of you. So we're grateful for that. And I'm telling you, I told each of the services, the, the view from right up here, it's even better uh, to see you here in the house of God. This is my wife, Susan. We've been married for 45 years. Uh, it is Mother's Day, she is a mother to our children, the grandmother to our grandchildren, and the great-grandmother to our great-grandchildren. And uh, we've been here a while, and uh, we're grateful that we can see our children's children uh, worshiping the Lord, and it's good to be here in the house of God. Now, for the past several weeks, uh, you've been in a series. Your mission statement is connecting to God connecting to friends, 
connecting to ministry. And let me just say, I was online last week watching the service when Pastor Steve Sexton was preaching. Ooh, wasn't that good? I mean, he was, I mean, he, he is the goingest preacher I've ever met. And he was preaching hard. And it was great. And connecting to ministry. And there's also connection to the world. Today, I'm preaching a message on finding your assignment. Your assignment is important so we can reach out to the world God has ordained us to be a part of. We're here on purpose. And uh, I want to say more about that in just a moment. But can I read something to you? Uh, I want to read a prophetic word that uh, Dr. David Shibley, I, most of you know David Shibley, I trust. He's the founder of Global Advance, was also working with me at Church on the Rock in Rockwall when we were there. But he has a ministry that goes literally around the world, training pastors and equipping business leaders in ministry. And Dr. Shibley wrote a prophetic word this week. He posted something online, and he came back and said, I usually don't post two things, but he said, I was quickened in my spirit in my prayer time. Here's what he said. I believe something is about to happen, something momentous. I think it is something good. God is calling us now to days of preparation. Preparation for what? I'm not yet sure. But these verses are crying out to me tonight. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain hill shall be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Then he says, and one shall say, build up. Build it up. Prepare the way. Take the stumbling block out of my way. For my people, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite one. Something is about to happen. Let's prepare our hearts, draw close to God, look to him. I believe we're about to see a titanic clash between light and darkness. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. May God have mercy on us, forgive our sins, heal our land, and visit us again. May his spirit enable us. May the gospel be preached and received. May Jesus Christ be praised. What a great prophetic word. And I believe it's for such a time as this. We are in preparation. We have been. We've been in incubation for over a year and a half during that COVID time. And they shut everything down. And we got isolated for individuals. But God said, no, this is incubation time. I'm preparing you as an individual. I'm preparing the church for what's coming. What's coming? I don't know. But God is in it. And I want to be involved in it. How about you? Amen? Amen? Well, today, I believe I've got a word from the Lord for each one of you, each one of us, and I'm going to pull from a deep theological commentary that I, uh, I've never really preached from this, but 
concerning this message I am. And here it is. Here's my deep theological book. Here it is. Dr. Seuss. Now, many of you know that Dr. Seuss, several weeks ago, he took a hit. I don't know anything about all that and what everybody was upset about, but it made me want to go buy some Dr. Seuss books. I found this one, and this one fits my message. And what I'm going to uh, quote out of this book, it's theologically sound. It's okay, all right? And uh, let me just read the back cover of this book. It says, Today you are you. That is truer than true. There's no one alive who is youer than you. Makes sense, doesn't it? Here you go. If we didn't have birthdays, you wouldn't be you. If you had never been born, well, what would you do? If you had never been born, well, what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in a tree. You might be a doorknob or three baked potatoes. You might be a bag full of hard green tomatoes. Or worse of all than that, why, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't just has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. A wasn't just isn't. He just isn't present. But you... You are you. Now that is pleasant. God created you on purpose. There's a reason you're here, and there's a reason you're here, and the reason you're here now. All right? You're not here by accident. There's not an oops in the plan of God. He knew you would be alive. He knew you would be born, and he has created a mission, an assignment for you to discover so you can reach the world in which we live. All right, now we'll turn into our Bibles. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I broke my glasses in the first service, and I had to go back and find some others. One time I broke my glasses in church. And I had to ask my wife for her glasses. Now, turn around, Susan, and look at them. What do you think I look like in those? But I had to read them, but I found some. Uh, So I want to read this, Psalm 139, verse 13, beginning with verse 13. This is not said just about David. This is said about you. Listen. For, and he's speaking to God, you formed me in my inward parts, You covered me in my mother's womb. That is, you hedged me about. You protected me. Uh, Can you imagine in the day of so many abortions that we're having, God said, I protected you. It's an amazing thing. Those that are purporting for uh, abortion are alive. It's strange, isn't it? They're glad they weren't aborted. And... But he protected us in our mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. That my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Skillfully. That word, if you read it amplified, means I was embroidered with various colors. That means you're special on the inside and the outside. Your eyes saw my substance yet being unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me. When I was yet, there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. And it couldn't wake up every morning. No, God's there. 
God spoke to Jeremiah as a young teenager. And Jeremiah said these words. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying to me, Before I formed you in your mother's womb. When? Before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That was Jeremiah's assignment. He was a prophet to the nations, a nation that had turned their back on God. He was known as the weeping prophet. It wasn't a good, a, a real nice calling, but it was his assignment, and he did it well. But God can say the same thing to you. He knew you before you were formed. He ordained you and sanctified you before you ever breathed the breath in this world. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Think about it. He fashioned our days before we were born. He's already designed good works he wants each of us individually to be involved in. Everything God created, he created with purpose in mind. Think about it. When God created the angels, this is before he created mankind, he created the angels. And what was their responsibility? Their assignment was be around the throne of God and just worship his glory. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. That was their assignment. And all the angels did that. And then after the fall, angels got a new assignment. Some of them became our ministers. I now create angels to minister to those who will be what? Heirs of salvation. Angels got a new assignment. They're all around us. If we could just see them, they're there. They're here. They're all around us, and we don't worship them, but they've been assigned to us to help us in this old evil world we're living in. Man was created. Think about it. Before the fall, what was Adam and Eve created to do? They were created to bring the glory of heaven to earth God says, Adam, I want what's in heaven to be on earth. You're going to be the one to do it. And Adam and Eve began to do that. All, created, all the animals created, and Adam got to name them. These animals, they weren't afraid of Adam, and Adam wasn't afraid of them. They were just kind of all pets. Can you imagine? Household of pets like that, dinosaurs, your pets. But they weren't afraid. That's how God created it at the beginning. But then there was the fall. Now things change. God had to kill an animal. First time blood was shed to clothe Adam and Eve. And then man became fearful of animals. Animals became fearful of man. And man received a brand new assignment. Now his new assignment is you've got to find God. You've got to get out of this darkness, come to the light, and find God. Be forgiven of your sin. And then get back to what I originally put you on earth to do. Bring God's glory from heaven to earth. That's why we pray every day. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. That's what God wants. And that's what God's going to get. There'll be a day the glory of God will fill the earth. But it's up to us to help bring that. I don't know why God did that. He's dependent on us. 
That's why he said he chose us, chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word that we out of all of his creation, because we are his prized possession. Out of everything he created, we are prized above it all. You know why? Because we're the only ones that can bring the message of salvation to this world. God's called us to this. He's called you to do that. You were created. You were born in this world. At the very time, listen to this, God needed you here. You were born in the right time, in the right place. Listen, Ecclesiastes 3.11, out of the Amplified Bible. He has made everything beautiful in its time. You're beautiful in your time. Everything's beautiful in its time. He's also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. When we're born in this world, it's stamped on our DNA, a divine destiny. And people are go through life trying to find out what is my purpose, why am I here? And until they find God and get forgiven by the blood of Jesus, they'll never find their true destiny. But those of us that have, we have come to know God's destiny for our life. Isn't that awesome? God stamped it on every child that's born. And it's important they come to know that. Acts chapter 17 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Listen. And he's determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. He knew when you were going to be alive. He knew where you were going to live. So that they should seek the Lord and hope that they might grow for him and find him, though he's not far from each of us. Our first assignment when we're born in this world is in this darkness we're living is to grope till we find the light, till we find Jesus. Get forgiven of our sin. Then we receive a second assignment. That's to help others come to know him. That's what God has done. You are God's masterpiece. If I had a canvas... Up here, blank, white canvas. Uh, I don't know if there's any artist in the house. My wife does some uh, paintings over the years, and she's painted some beautiful beach scenes that I love. We've got them hanging in our house. And, and uh, if I was to ask any artist, do you ever make a mistake when you're using that brush and painting? Most of you say, yeah, sure, I sure have. You know what? God never makes a mistake. He's the master artist painting this masterpiece. The masterpiece with the canvas is your life. He never makes a mistake, but every once in a while, it seems like we grab God's hand and uh, uh, we make that brush go, uh, oh, man. And when we look at the painting, we go, uh-oh, that's a mess. I'm going to have to start all over. No, God just sits back. He says, mm, I can fix it. I can cause all of this to work together for my good. And he continues that painting for the glory of God. And that painting is you. He's the master artist. And in that canvas, as he's, he, he's creating, he's got these plans. If you could see it, they're already drawn out on the canvas. You couldn't see it unless you got real close. They're already drawn out. These good works that we're to perform. And all he has to do is just kind of color it all in with all the different colors in our life. But we have a responsibility. We do. 
Uh, we have a responsibility to discover what our assignment is. We got to figure it out here. What is my assignment in the world God has called me to live in? I have a daily assignment. Every day I wake up, I go to my place of prayer, and I ask the Lord, what is my assignment today? Because he's got an assignment for me. Sometimes he'll let me know. Sometimes it just I go about the day and I discover what my assignment was for that day, at the end of the day. And, and sometimes I, I do real good and I fulfill my assignment. Sometimes I uh-oh, missed it. And I come back and say, God, forgive me. I missed that assignment. I'm sorry. I missed that person you wanted me to talk to. Walked right on by. Didn't pay attention to them. I'm sorry. I'll get it right tomorrow. And so as I get closer to God, I start getting, getting better at obeying Him when I'm prompted by the Holy Spirit. But I have a daily assignment. Then I have seasonal assignments that were just, I get assignments just for a season. Uh, I pastored a church for 30 years in Duncanville. And that was a seasonal assignment. Now I get to be pastor of pastors in this season of my life. President of the network of churches. And I get to travel from church to church. And I get to go not in just in this nation, around the world. Preaching to church on the rock. Churches connected to our... And it is... And I'm having so much fun in this season. And recently I received a, another seasonal assignment. I became a marketplace chaplain. A friend of mine has a business. And he gave me an office in his... Uh, building complex. He said, would you just be our chaplain of our business? And he's got a business that got workers across the nation. And I said, sure. And so I take it on another seasonal assignment. You know, let me just tell you, when you, when you're faithful with what God's given you the little bit, uh, you don't get to relax. He said, you've been faithful a little bit. Guess what? I got some more for you to do now. You don't get to sit back and, oh, in retirement. Some people said, oh, you retired from this church. Oh, man, no, I didn't. I refired in a big way. I'm busier now than I've been in a long time, and I'm loving it. I wake up every morning excited. God, what's up for today? What's my assignment today? What are you going to have me do today? And I've been meeting new pastors. Man, we hosted a national day of prayer in our city in Grand Prairie, and and I gathered, I called churches, I didn't, I called pastors, I said, come join us, let's pray together. Our nation needs prayer, we need to pray together. And I begin to do that, and that's become a new assignment for me, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. And I have a life assignment, and as you can tell, my life assignment is just being a pastor. I discovered that over the years of, God, what do you want me to do? I begin to seek God as a young man, and I begin to ask the Lord, and I, I want, and you know, I saw all the things that People did in the kingdom of God, and we would have evangelists come through our church, and they would preach these fiery messages and give an altar call, and people would run to the altar. I said, man, I want to do that. So I had me some cards printed up. Sonny, can I? Evangelist. I said, no, son, that's not who you are. You do the work of an evangelist, but you're not called to be an evangelist. I've called you to be a pastor. And I've been one over all of these years, and I love to be around sheep, so I kind of smell like sheep. Because I like to be around people. And uh, matter of fact, when we dismiss this service today in just a few moments, and we're going to honor our mothers in this altar and pray a blessing over them. But I'm going to be uh, out in the foyer. And uh, I just want to meet you, especially those who said you didn't know me. Oh, come by and say hello. I want to be your friend, all right? And uh, we want to get to know each other because we're in this thing together. 
All right, now let me tell you, and this is no new revelation, but it's just some now revelation for you, a fresh revelation upon the Word of God of what you need to do to find your assignment. All right? So we can reach the world. we got a world to reach. How do we do it? Number one, we do it by seeking Him. Moses said in Deuteronomy 4.29, from your place of bondage. We're in, a, we're in a little bondage in this fallen world we're living in. And uh, though we've been set free by Jesus on the inside, there's still some bondage we're experiencing. But in our bondage, it says you will seek the Lord and find him. Jesus said, seek me and you will find me. I'll put it this way. Seek me and you will find your assignment. You'll find your assignment. Can I tell you, if you're seeking the Lord and you're looking for your assignment, you're looking for God's will for your life, it's very difficult to miss God's will for your life. You won't miss it. You're going to run smack into it. I've always said, God, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. He said, you won't. If you really want my will, you're going to discover your assignment. Number two, you've got to pray. I love this church because it's a praying church you got a prayer room. I'm grateful you've opened up that prayer room. I, I believe in the power of prayer. I love to pray. I love to get up early in the morning. I love to go on prayer drives. I, during the COVID period, I got a little antsy in my house. I just couldn't stay in the house. I said, Susan, i got, I got to get out. I, I, I'm just going to go for a prayer drive, just me alone. I'll just go for a prayer drive. I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Just got to get out of the house. So I'd get in my car, and I would just go on prayer drives. And I, I, I do that a lot, to put a lot of miles in my car just praying. And I pray. When I pray in my car, I'm by myself. I pray hard. I get to doing this. I get to battling the enemy. And I, I don't know what people are saying. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm just giving it there. People are driving. What's he doing over there? You're going to, you know? But I just enjoy the time of prayer because it's important that we pray. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You go and call to me, and I will answer you. Call to me, and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things you just never knew. Oh, and God's got something for us, and we discovered in the place of prayer. Number three, we delight in Him. You know what we were doing this morning when we were worshiping? We were delighting in the Lord, giving ourselves to Him. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you what? desires in your heart, and he then will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. We seek him, we pray, we delight in him. Fourthly, we meditate on his word. I don't know about you, I love the word of God. Uh, the psalmist said, I'll not only walk, but I'll run the way of your commandments when you enlighten my heart. And the heart is enlightened by the word of God. I love to read the word of God. And there was a time I struggled before I really met the Lord and met the Holy Spirit, I struggled reading my Bible. And so in my struggle reading that, back then, all we had was King James Version. Then the Good News Version came out. Oh, I got to get me one of those. Oh, that helped me. That helped. Then the Living Bible came out. Oh, I got that one too. Maybe that'll help me understand the Bible. But I read it, just oh, I struggled, you know, understood a little bit better. Then all these other translations. And then one day I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and I picked up my King James Bible. The thus saith the Lord's, the weeds, the vows. I picked it up and read it. And all of a sudden, the words in the Bible came off the pages and into my life. Wow. The King James Version of all things. 
came alive to me because I was meditating. You meditate in the Word of God day and night. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in His season. Your leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever you do shall prosper. God wants you to prosper. And then the last thing you got to do, you just got to wait on the Lord. Just wait. Waiting is not doing nothing, okay? Waiting is drawing close. It's like a, the word wait means it's a vine wrapping itself around a tree. That's a slow process. But if you watched a vine wrap itself around a tree, you, you saw it one day and you came back months later, you would see it had grown up that tree. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. And we wait. We don't get in a hurry. We wait on God. We just wrap ourselves around God. And those that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I say it this way. Those that wait upon the Lord shall discover their assignment. And as we fulfill our daily assignment, we, we go into our seasonal assignments, we'll find our lifetime assignment. How will it happen? Here's how it's going to happen. A thought is going to come into your mind. Proverbs 16.3 says this. Roll your works upon the Lord, and He will cause your thoughts to be agreeable with His will. You know, when I go to the place of prayer, I have a lot of different thoughts go through my mind. Have you ever had some thoughts go through your mind, and you think, ooh, I know that's not God. I mean, you've been on your knees praying, and you have this thought. Or you've been worshiping, and all of a sudden a thought will go across you, ooh, that's not God. And you have to rebuke that thought, get back to putting your eyes on Jesus. But I go to that place of prayer, and I have good thoughts. Some of them are good thoughts. Some of them are actually God thoughts. But even good thoughts may not be God's thoughts, what He wants you to do. So I go, and I say, God, I'm having these thoughts here. Cause my mind and my thoughts to be agreeable with your will. That's all I want. And then after that, if I have some thoughts, I begin to dwell on those thoughts. And then the next thing that happens, a desire will come into your heart. It'll go from your mind into your heart. A desire will come into your heart. And it says, delight in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When I pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my will, but your will. Then a desire will come into my heart. And then as I said, Psalm 119.32, I will not merely walk, but run the way of your commandments when you give me a willing heart. And then what's going to have the third thing, an opportunity is going to come before your face. It's going to come right in front of you. Then you must take action. It's up to you. Let me make this statement to you. Listen to this statement. God is not dependent upon us to be God. But he does depend on us. God needs us for whatever reason. And now, now, in actuality, God could do anything he wants to. But the way he's created the world, the way he's created us, he needs us to be obedient to him. He needs us to pray. He needs us to obey. He needs us to obey the promptings of the Spirit of God. This work of reaching the world will not get done Unless we discover our assignment and then do it. God's not dependent on us to be God, but he does depend on us. He depends on us to share this good news. We're his prized possession. Why? We're the only ones that can tell people how to be redeemed. Only redeemed people can tell other people how to be redeemed. Angels can't do it. You remember when Cornelius was crying out to God? He wanted to know the way of God more fully. And he went, and the angel came to Peter, 
Peter, I need you to go to Cornelius' house. Tell him about Jesus. Tell him about the way. The angel couldn't tell Cornelius. He had to have Peter, who had been redeemed, to go tell him. That's why God needs us to do what God's called us to do and take the opportunities that are before us. You have an assignment from heaven. You're not an accident. You're here on, I wish I could look you eyeball to eyeball, which I'll try to do right now, and just let you know how important you are to God. Moms, listen to me. Those children over there in the nursery and children's church, God has given you an assignment to raise them in the fear and admonition of God. To help them discover their assignment. Now the church is going to come and help you and aid you in doing that. But it's your assignment. Moms and dads, it's your assignment to help your children discover what God's will is for their life. I'm grateful that God has allowed me to be alive right now. There are times I think, ooh, I wish I could have lived back then. God said, no, I didn't want you alive back then. Or there are times I ooh, I wonder what it's going to be like in 2050, 20, well, what years, oh, I what that's going to be like. No, God said, I need you now. I need you. I'm 68 years old. In just a month, I'm going to turn 69. He said, I need you to be 69 this year because i got a plan for your life. I need you to have all that white hair, most of it's there. He said, I need you to have, I, that's wisdom. I've given you wisdom over these years. I need you to use it now. We are living, listen to this. This is a, written by an author of a, a magazine, Christian magazine. And he, and he writes uh, these words in an editorial, but he writes this, and I want to read this to you. And this is about the Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. There's a moment in the book of the Lord of the Rings trilogy when Frodo laments that a great evil has erupted in his generation. I wish it need not have happened in my time, he says. Gandalf responds with compassion and wisdom in equal measure. So do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what will we do with the time God has given us. This conversation between the sage and the reluctant ring bearer has come to mind of late. Today we confront a challenge unlike any we've seen in our lifetime. COVID-19 is spread around the globe with breathtaking speed. It is stealing lives, bankrupting businesses, plunging economies into chaos, shuttering churches, and changing overnight many of our most cherished patterns of life. History has thus a challenge upon us. We can only choose how we face it. How will the church now rise to this moment? How will we, like our crucified king, enter into the sufferings of others? How will we, like our risen Lord, bring life out of death? How will we do with the time he has given us? Wow. We could have been born at any time, but God said, no, I need you now. This pandemic hit us. Boy, did it send us for a loop. Did we have to learn to do church a different way? Never done online church like we did before. And for a while, it was great. I can remember when we first started online church. I thought, man, this is great. We're going to reach thousands of people this way. And the first few weeks, I got up and 
man, I got dressed and I got on the TV and I turned on services and watched them and men rejoiced together. And a few weeks later, I found myself, uh, mm, I don't need to get dressed. I can still watch it. A few weeks later, I began to say, I don't need to get out of bed. I can still watch the service. A few weeks later, I said, ooh, I got to get back to church. I got to get with some people because I'm missing something. I saw a cartoon of a couple walking in in their pajamas into the church service, and one of them looked and said, man, where is that mute button? I wish I had a mute button, fast forward button, you know. Aren't you glad we're back? We're back together, worshiping together. There's nothing like this at all. But I'm here today to let you know you're God's masterpiece. He's creating something that he's had planned before you were even born. And I pray that you'll discover what your assignment is. That's why we need each other. And why do you need to discover it? Because there's a world out here we need to reach. They're dying. Boy, this world's a mess. And they're dying without knowing Jesus. And I know this from my heart. If people knew the Jesus I know, they would want him. But I'm afraid the world is seeing a Jesus that's not a Bible Jesus. They're seeing an angry Jesus, a mean Jesus, you know, a condemning Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. My Jesus loves people. He loves the woman caught in adultery. He loves the up and outer. He loves the down and outer. He loves people. And God has sent me here for such a time as this. God has sent you for such to let people know that. That Jesus loves them. God has raised up this church to be a light in the midst of the darkness all around us. So let me pray for all of us. Father, I come in agreement for the individuals that you created with purpose in mind. Lord, you've already ordained them to perform certain good works. That only they can do through their particular personality and skill set. So, Lord, my prayer for each one of us is that we will discover our daily assignments, our seasonal assignments, and our lifetime assignment. Lord, I pray for mothers that are here that they will help their children understand how important they are to you. That they each were born with purpose in mind. Lord, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, we're going to give, we're going to call the mothers down, but we're also going to give an invitation that, and if you don't know Jesus, I want to introduce you to the one that loves you so much, he's got a plan for your life. If you'll come, there'll be someone standing at the foot of that cross to introduce you to the man that loves you that he, so much he gave his life for. Meet Jesus today. You need prayer, continued prayer. We'll be down here to pray for you. I'll be out in the foyer when this is over just to meet and greet, get around to get to know what God has done in your life. Travis, go ahead and call the mothers down here. Amen. Hey, let's give it up for Pastor Sonny. It's very grateful for him. Very grateful. Pastor Sonny asked the question What will we do during these times? And the answer is this we're going to serve God. We're going to live for Jesus. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. And we're going to reach people because people need him. He loves the world. 
and he wants us to tell that great news. Amen. Hey, let's stand on our feet. I want to invite all the mothers to come to the front. As Pastor Sonny said, we want to pray over you. And then we want to give you something special as you leave. Just if you can make your way to the front. Amen. We are so happy that you've joined us here today. You all look awesome. And listen, uh, we have young mothers that are here. We have mothers that have been mothers for a long time. We have grandmothers and great-grandmothers here. And right now, we just want to say that we love you. And today, we honor you. You know, and as uh, today, all across America, there's going to be moms that are celebrated and loved and honored. And you know what? Today's going to be a good day for a lot of moms. But also, maybe right now, things are tough for you. Things are hard. Maybe you're going through some difficult situations with your family, with your kids. Listen, God wants you to know today that He sees you, He loves you, and He cares. God knows the tears that you've cried for your kids, the prayers that you've prayed, the pain and the difficulties at times that you've went through. It hasn't been easy, and maybe it's not easy right now, but I'm telling you, God's going to bring you through. God's going to continue to bless your kids. He's going to bless your family. He's going to make a way, even when it seems like there is no way. Continue to hold on to God. Continue to trust God because God does have a plan. But listen, we love each and every one of you. We honor you today. And listen, you are very, very blessed because you have a God in heaven, your Father, who loves you and calls you blessed. Pastor Sonny, pray for our moms. I'm going to do it. Did you all have that picture that I sent you all? My mother. Okay, listen. This is my mom. She's in heaven now. That's me. Now, let me tell you about me just a second. Don't give up on your children. That little boy was a, if you know Dennis to Menace, that's me. They caught me about that age. One day trying to light a cigar by the gas stove, trying to smoke a cigar. I got caught one day because a lady down the street, we didn't like her. She was a little mean. And she... She raked up her leaves in her yard. I don't know what happened to me. That little boy, right, that cute little boy right there, went and took all those leaves into her living room and put them in her living room. Why did I do that? Because I had a sin nature. I hadn't found Jesus yet. <laughs> Jesus saved me early because he knew if I don't save that boy soon, it's, it's it, you know. But that was me. Don't give up on you. My mother prayed for me, prayed for me, prayed for me. The greatest testimony, I used to think I didn't have a testimony besides those little things. I need to go out and do something real bad so I come back and really have a testimony. No, the greatest testimony your children can have is the keeping power of Jesus. He can keep your children in the church house. All because of my mom and dad, they prayed for me. I never really wandered too far from the church. And God called me at an early age to do what I continue to do even now. So moms, man, we love you. You are God's masterpiece. God's giving you the most awesome responsibility to raise your kids. Some of you have got 50-year-old kids. Guess what? They still need your prayers, and they're still your baby. I know that. Father, I want to say thank you for these mothers. Lord, how important they are in the world in which we live Lord, they've got to raise their sons and daughters to be raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord so they can discover their assignment and do what you called them to do. 
And so, Lord, I speak a blessing over every mother in this house and those that are watching us. Lord, we declare that each and every one, Lord, have been given an assignment, Lord, to take care of their children. Raise them right. Do it for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Hey, give it up for moms today. Amen. Listen, we love you. On your way out, our ushers have a special gift for you. And listen, as Pastor Sonny said, um, I want our prayer team, just in a moment as you can, to make your way to the front. We want to, uh, to have a time of personal ministry if you need prayer for anything. Listen, if you'd like to commit your heart to Jesus, maybe you're away from God. Listen, I'll be right over there at the cross, and I would love to pray for you. The Bible says we've all been separated because of sin from God. The good news is Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And if we would repent and believe, he would save us. And so I'll be over there to pray that prayer for you in just a moment. Uh, Listen, you can give on your way out. Our ushers will be there. There's offering boxes in the back. And I'll have a Bible right here up front if you'd like to give our guest speaker today, Pastor Sonny Canasser, a special love offering. We'll have a Bible here in the front, or you can give on the way uh, out. You can just put Pastor Sonny. But once again, God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. And our prayer team is up here to pray for you.